recording with my lovely Zan. I'm Zan Gruel. I'm Paige Berg. Today, we're going to be talking about the macrophases explained. First, I'm just going to give our little intro that we always give if you're new to the show. We are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com to book a free consult call. And if you want to really learn more about us, check out the podcast before this, where we give you all of the details on our <laughs> life. Maybe too many details. <laughs> Never enough. All right. But yes. <laughs> so today, what we are talking about, as I mentioned, the macrophases explained. Um, the macrophases or stages of tracking is kind of a hot topic and a really popular request for a podcast episode, um, which is fair because there's so much out there and clutter on what you should do and how you should cut. Um, there's all these buzzwords, light cuts, reversing, bulking, etc. So we will touch on those buzzwords and when to know when to get out of a phase versus when you should just stick with it. Um, so refer back to this podcast episode if you're not quite ready for the brain dump that is maybe macrophases <laughs> right now for you. Um, regardless, we want to be an information source to you and always are wanting to help, but fully realize that, you know, there's a lot of information in here that if you're newer to tracking might be a little overwhelming. So um, I'm going to start by just the majority of the um, kind of process that we get from our clients that are coming in. And that's typically, I would say, you know, Zan, you'd probably agree with me. The majority of our clients are looking for fat loss. Correct. Yeah. So and, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, and being the one that takes all the intro calls, that's definitely, you know, one of the biggest goals that women set when they want to join our program. Right. And know that this process isn't always linear in what we're about to talk about today. So we're going to go through steps one through three, but you could be going through one and two for a while. You could be going from one to three, three to two, two to one. It's just kind of all <laughs> over the map. So not to shy you away from this. And I hope we can, you know, do a pretty good deep dive on what this looks like. But um, the first phase that we are going to talk about today is being in a deficit. So We'll start, like I said, just with kind of the top of what we get in our intro calls. And this is women coming in wanting to, quote unquote, lose weight. And what they really mean by this is they want to lose body fat. When you have this goal of wanting to lose body fat, we as coaches know to put you in a caloric deficit or a cut, which is also just a, a term for cutting or a caloric deficit, um, in which then we calculate your macronutrient ratio to fit within that caloric deficit. I'm gonna say that one more time because it seems very confusing, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So you have a set caloric deficit for your specific body, weight, height, activity level, and goals. We put that into a calorie you know, meaning or definition for you. And then we go into a step further of calculating a percentage for each macronutrient um, 
equating to a set amount of calories that are a at a restricted amount in order for you to see body fat loss. So we've talked before on many episodes that in order to burn fat, you need to be in a deficit. And every macro calculator out there will have a variance. So there's not really a right or a wrong way to do this. I think we're very biased towards ours (laughs) because I think we like to say that we're very moderate in our approach. We're very lifestyle based. And so our percentage of a deficit isn't as extreme. There are definitely different levels to that deficit percentage as well. And like Paige said, we want to be lifestyle based. And so we never put you in a severe deficit to where it's not going to be sustainable. We're going to put you at a deficit that honestly, you shouldn't even feel like you are on a diet. You should just be kind of living your life and focusing on that balance portion that everyone seeks. Exactly. And really, you know, I I get tired of myself saying this, but the key to all of this is consistency. And whether you are in a surplus or you're in a maintenance phase, you will see results that you're hoping for with consistency. Um, They will lend results. So every time that our clients are consistent on the majority, there is change both mentally and physically. So as Dan was mentioning, deficit numbers can kind of range. We like to be in that lifestyle range. And what that really means too is that, you know, for some women, this is more food than they're ever used to eating. But that's also probably, and this is an assumption that we've made over the course of many years, that they are under eating um, in just the other diets that they've been doing or the approach that they're taking or what they are just kind of, you know, habitually thought or thinking that they should be at a certain caloric range. This could be a Google search when you were 16. This could be <laughs> a mini diet that you've tried, whatever that kind of, you know, I don't know how to say that, but like whatever that just um, mindset that you have tends to just stick with you that you should be at a certain place, I guess. Right. Well, I think that's also like the reinforcement of diet culture nowadays. We, you know, they tell us in order to lose weight, lose fat, you have to keep cutting your calories. If it's not working, keep cutting, keep cutting. When in fact, that's the complete opposite direction that you actually want to go. If you're depriving your body too much of its nutrients, it's not going to like, it's going to be completely stalled and plateaued because it's going to be fighting you since it's not getting what it needs. Exactly. And so you might notice that you know, if you're on another program or if you've tried another program before, you might kind of get that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like this is not enough food. And that very well could be the case, especially if they're a more heavy cut style program. Maybe they're at a 30% deficit. We at The Habit pretty much never go over a 20% deficit. Um, And that's again, because it's more of that moderate cut that we have you at. Um, You know, Food is fuel. And so with more calories, it seems a little scary. But know that there are also times in which you can play around with high and low volume meals to satisfy either hunger that you might be feeling or, um, you know, if you're feeling like you're just nonstop eating, there's another way to go around it. 
Um, and maybe you just don't have snacks. Maybe you have more, you know, dense meals to really not feel like you're like, oh my gosh, I never put the fork down and that's kind of <laughs> messing with me mentally. Um, for me personally, this wasn't, I would say like a huge shock. I guess it was more of like, okay, wait, you're telling me that I can eat carbs and lose weight. I would say I was probably eating around that caloric range, definitely on the weekends, double or tripling it <laughs> without a doubt. So, you know, when I first got my macros, I was like, okay, like this seems doable. And I was never once hungry. Um, I don't know how you felt when you first saw yours, Dan, and that was not on the habit, but I don't know what your initial thoughts were. I was going to say, I've always been someone that eats a ton. So, you know, it wasn't really a shock, but I will say for majority of our clients, eight out of 10 times, they are overwhelmed by the mm -hmm. amount of food that they have to eat. And they almost sometimes, you know, combat us, like, you know, with it. And we just have to tell them and reassure them that to trust the process. And honestly, within two weeks, what they learn is how incredible they feel by feeding themselves more food, as well as they're able to see change eating more than they ever have in their entire life. I mean, yeah. that's more food is the reward for, you know, um, improving the nutrients behind the, the foods that you're eating. And so... Right. To me, I think that's a great reward. Agree. Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't agree more. It's so satisfying. Um, yeah. And and again, like knowing that if you're feeling overwhelmed with the amount of calories that you have to eat in a cut, there are more calories on the other side of that cut too. And I think mm -hmm. that's like kind of this playing field that you have to level set yourself with because, and I don't say that to freak anybody out, but your body will get used to the calories that you have and you're going to need more at some point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, before we, you know, move on to the next little mm -hmm. segment, um, I wanted you to, because I actually recently got this question. When you said that we don't go more than a 20% deficit, what does that mean? Like, what is the 20% comprised of? Yes. So really what this is taking into consideration is, so I'm going to just start from like a 30,000 foot view of calculating just the calories that you need to be at in order to like survive. That's a little dramatic, but you're getting the calories that you want to be at. And that's typically your maintenance numbers. But from there, we take a literal cut of your calories based on your height, weight, body type, activity level, and goals to get you at a place where you're not overeating your expenditure. Mm -hmm. And so that's just a calculation of like your TDE, TDEE, -E, that's hard to say in like- Yeah, quickly. Word. <laughs> <laughs> your BMR, and um, I think that's just the, the only two that we have into consideration for that. Um, but those are taking into, into consideration a very personal, um, adjustment and not, it's not this holistic numbers game. Mm -hmm. So that is just something to take into consideration that that 20% is just a slice of the cake um, in terms of the that bigger cake, which is your calorie set for you to see fat loss. Mm -hmm. Hopefully right. that I said that. Yeah, okay. no, absolutely. And I think it's important to note that that is highly dependent on your activity level. That mm -hmm. is why we always on our intro calls gather that information, but also 
during your program, if you change your activity level, that might mean you need to change your mm-hmm. macros. We might have to sweet, slightly tweak those numbers. And I actually talked about that on um, Instagram today. Now that yeah. gyms are opening up and you are finally not working out at home, your activity level is probably increasing right now. And yeah. that actually means your body needs more fuel. So we would increase your macros to meet those needs so that you're not in a severe deficit. So right. they're always adjustable. Right. And to that point, Zan, so when you're adjusting um, your calories, you're still in a deficit. It might seem that we're giving you more food to eat, but it's just matching what you're exerting so that you're not in more of a deficit. And then that's when you feel hunger. That's when you feel restricted. If you're burning, 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 if you're going back to Orange Theory and you're burning 600, 700 calories a class, as opposed to the 300 that you do at home, both are wonderful, but you might just notice that um, difference in hunger levels. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Orange Theory. I'm so excited. We're opening this week. All, rounding this out, hopefully this is all making sense, ladies. We have a lot of like different bullet points that we're running through. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing about people that are doing Madeline Moves macros right now for Tighter Together. This is a very common question that I'm getting. For Tighter Together, you can pick a, um, I think it's light, medium, and heavy deficit. And what that means is the percentage of the deficit that you're in. So, you know, I'm just, I don't know exactly what the percentages are, but let's just say it's 15%, 20%, and 25%. Again, I don't know her exact calculation, but I'm guessing. You can see there that the shave of the calories is going to go from lighter to higher, depending on how much of a deficit you want to be in. So... Uh, again, it's there's no wrong way to do it. There is no technically right way to do it. We just find a happy medium to make mm-hmm. sure that our clients can s- continue to see results. So I'm just going to cap off each phase with two kind of categories. One is to know when to stay in this phase. And the second is when to get out. So when to stay in a cut. Zan, want to take that one? Sure. Um, so, so if you haven't quite reached your weight loss or fat loss goals or even honestly body composition change. So sometimes it has nothing to do with the number on the scale or, um, you know, the percentage of fat that you're holding. You want a certain figure. So if you haven't quite reached the goals, then I would say to continue in your calorie deficit, especially if it's been working for you. Um, Of course, there is going to come a time where I know Paige is going to touch on this next that you might need to pull yourself out of that calorie deficit to give your body a break for a little bit and then you can return back to it. Mm -hmm. So um, again, you can stay in your deficit as long as you or until you reach your goals, pretty much. Right. Yep. And when to get out of that, as Anne was kind of alluding to, is a couple of different uh, um, examples here. Is one, you're going to start to feel hungrier as your metabolism revs up from fat loss you feel hungrier. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a negative thing. You're not doing anything wrong. It's literally your body just responding to a leaner body composition. So that's the first one. The second one is you stop losing body fat and start to plateau. And let's say you still have, you know, in your mind, 10 to 15 pounds to lose. Maybe you need to change things up a little bit. And I know people are like, what do you mean eating more is going to continue to lose, have me lose body fat? And that's possible. I'm here to 
kindly remind you. Um, <laughs> and then the third one is you don't want to lose body fat any longer, as Zan, is, Zan was alluding to. You're happy with where you're at. Um, and you just don't want to be in a cut anymore. Sometimes you just mentally get to that point of like, okay, I need to, I need to visually see more macros in my fitness pal diary to feel better about my life. And I've been there. (laughs) Zan's been there. Like we get it. (laughs) So, um, that brings us to our next phase, which is reversing. So the first one was cutting or a deficit. The next one is reversing out. So reversing out of a deficit is a slow increase of your calories slash macros over a few weeks at a time. So what you're going to do here with the help of us, of course, is you're going to keep your macro ratio at the same breakout that you had in your deficit. In our program, it's 40% carb, 30% fat, 30% protein, and slowly move your way up to maintenance numbers, which we're going to get to maintenance in a little bit here. (laughs) So what I mean by that is slowly adding calories slash macros is you have a that that ratio breakout that I mentioned, 40 percent carb, 30 percent fat, 30 percent protein. Your carbs and protein are the same calories per gram and your fat is higher at I should say carbs and protein are four calories per gram and your fat is nine calories per gram. So you can see that fat is a little more condensed. So your carbs and and protein, you're going to want to pretty much take on the increase on the same playing field. Um, I would say, you know, for this, it's, you know, probably anywhere from 10 to 20 grams. Um, Protein is obviously a little less than carbs because that 40 versus 30%, but you're just going to try and slowly work your way up. You're going to stay there for a few weeks. You're going to see how that feels. Then, you know, a few weeks later, slowly work your way up to those those higher maintenance numbers. Fat, as I mentioned, is going to be not as big of an increase on a week by week basis. It's going to be more probably like two to five grams every few weeks because that fat number doesn't necessarily jump way higher from your cut phase to your maintenance phase. Mm -hmm. And that's because, again, it's just more condensed. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah. (laughs) So hard to explain without like a visual. I know, right? No, I think that was um, perfectly put. And I was just going to add why you, you know, do it by small increments, because let's say you're at a 20% deficit and that means you are at 500 calories less than what your maintenance, you know, numbers are now you know, your body has gotten so used to the calories that you're consuming. If we just automatically added 500 calories to you and you have to eat that the next day, your body is going to hate you. I mean, it needs time to adjust just like it did. You know, when you first um, get a client the first week, what do they always say to you about the um, the macros they give you and the, the amount of food that they're eating? Just how am I ever going to eat all this? Yes. Like they are just stuffed to the brim. But then what happens after a couple of weeks? They're like, oh, my God, I feel amazing. Right. And they can eat that much food with no issue. And so it's the same thing reversing out. You need to slowly do it. Otherwise, I mean, you could cause excess bloating, excess water retention and just things like that. And so it's always better just to go slow to kind of also find your sweet spot with wherever, you know, those numbers land. Right. And. If you're, like I mentioned, if you're feeling hungry from a cut phase, this is a really good way to reverse out. And I know it's 
really freaking scary adding calories and mentally thinking that you can still lose fat because of that, but it's totally possible. Yes. <laughs> um, and as I already, I already said that, but I think it's important to reiterate, especially as women, and it's normal to feel hungry after being in a deficit for a while, especially mm-hmm. after, you know, three, six months, like there's a time and a place for a deficit. And it, you know, there's no right or wrong way for how long you're in that deficit, but at some point you need to get out of it. And I want to reiterate that concept. When you are in a deficit for that long and now you're leaner, your metabolism is going, working faster, you're hungry, then you actually get rewarded again by getting more food and you most likely, what Paige just said, you'll continue burning that fat. And so what a concept, right? More food actually (laughs) equals more fat loss. And so it is not the opposite, even when you're, you know, reversing out. People that are listening to this for the first time are just going to be like, you guys are liars. Like there's no way. (laughs) (laughs) It's the number one thing I love to prove all of our clients wrong with. And they end up being happy for it because they finally experience that food freedom that they always wanted. So I know it's so great. This is a really fun phase, especially because, you know, macros is just like a puzzle. I think Coach Lexus was talking about that. Miss you, Mm -hmm. Coach Lexus. Hope you're loving baby. (laughs) Uh, We didn't even mention why it's just us two. We just assume that everyone knows already. I know. She gave birth about a week ago, guys. So you're stuck with just Paige and I. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I think Coach Alexis was saying that, you know, macros are like a puzzle and it's kind of like puzzles are fun. It's, It's kind of cool to see like how certain things come together and it might take you a little bit longer if it's a harder one. Like it's trial and error is really what I'm saying here. And reversing out isn't just cut and dry. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take adjusting just like our next phase, which is maintenance. Um, so maintenance is a popular word, I think, because we use this for our other option at the end of people's intros, intro programs. Um, we call it our maintenance program and that's you know, to kind of explain that there is a life outside of cut numbers and weight loss. Um, You might also hear this phase as bulking or being in a surplus, which is a little bit different. And I'll explain why. Um, But maintenance is really just being able to maintain a place that you've already gotten to in your deficit. So it's an opportunity to not only reset mentally, but an opportunity to potentially gain muscle and, you know, feel stronger. I'll kind of talk about the benefits in a little bit here. But um, when I say maintenance versus bulking, I'm just going to talk about this for a second, because some people kind of see this as the same phase. But I think in other places, you'll find that there is actually the fourth phase, which is bulking and surplus. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to set the record straight here because bulking equals being in a caloric surplus, meaning that you are literally trying to gain muscle instead of fat if you're trying to build muscle. So 
maintenance is an opportunity to pretty much even out the playing field of what you're exerting versus what you're consuming. So I wanted to kind of put these two together because I think they can get a little lost in translation and we can continue to talk about this because I think this is a fun one, but maintenance just looks different for everybody. And that's why I'm talking about bulking in this phase too, because you might have an area where you want to bulk in Mm -hmm. maintenance. And it's going to just only, the only thing that's looking different is your calorie count. So Again, I'm probably just like dropping. People are probably dropping like flies when they get to this part of the (laughs) podcast episode because it's confusing. It's confusing. (laughs) Like, I wish I could just draw on my whiteboard behind everybody and film this. (laughs) You're doing great, Paige. I promise. Hopefully this is this is making sense to you. And hopefully you have a notepad for this episode because I think this (laughs) could be helpful. Um, But anyways, maintenance is a way to mentally reset So a couple of benefits about maintenance. You have increased lean mass, improved strength, easier weight maintenance instead of like feeling like you're fluctuating in a severe cut, more fuel um, that equals, you know, better workouts. You know, you're decreasing your injury, but improving recovery time. So lots of really fun benefits to all of this. Um, And I don't know, Zan, if you've noticed, you know, other benefits outside of this or, you know, what your personal experience has been. But I think people would love to hear that too. Yeah, no, actually like, you know, a perfect example of this is at the beginning of quarantine, right? When we all like got locked up. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously it was extremely overwhelming. A lot of things were out of our control and a lot of, um, of our typical routine got disrupted. And so I actually had several clients who were, we're getting really stressed out about hitting their cut numbers. And so Mm -hmm. this is a perfect example of that mental break that Paige was mentioning. Instead of them, you know, increasing their anxiety about not hitting their numbers or not losing weight, we actually switched them to maintenance numbers. Obviously, we did it slowly, like we had just talked about. But this way, you know, instead of our clients, you know, stressing out about no longer losing weight, we reframed that idea and made it like a win for us is maintaining your weight during all this madness. And that's obviously you're not losing any progress. You're literally maintaining where you left off. And then when you feel ready to kind of tackle the cut or the deficit again, we can start to decrease your numbers back down to what your original set was. But um, I love I love that you said the mental part, because there are times where you just can't you just can't do the deficit. It's just not the right time. There's too many other factors going on. And if food ever becomes an area of stress, then you are doing it wrong. It needs to be an area of, I don't know. I like to, I enjoy it. I I have fun eating every day. It's what I look forward to. (laughs) So that can also be like a signal for you. If you're getting stressed out and it's not worth it and you're actually going to be harming yourself by all that stress. So, right. And I know we've talked about this before too, but I think there's a lot of women that come into the program thinking that they need to lose weight and, or I should say lose fat. That's, that's actually the real, um, definition behind it. It's not just losing weight, it's losing fat. Um, but I think they come in thinking that and they come out or they come into the program realizing that they have more emotional connections to food with and Mm -hmm. being in a deficit at that time is not 
really the most beneficial thing you could probably mm-hmm. ever do for your brain. Because if you have tendencies for overeating, I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> grazing, snacking, when you have a limited amount of calories to meet, when you were overeating at that, your brain is instantly like, okay, deprived restrictions, like instantly trying to shut it down. And that way you almost feel like you're that much more susceptible to eating over than you are sticking at a maintenance level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I totally, you know, relate to that. And I had also a ton of girls that went into maintenance, thought they wanted to do a cut coming into quarantine, all the power to you, whatever way you decide. Um, But mentally, it just made more sense for them. Yeah. And obviously, we could talk for hours about emotional eating and the effects it has on your habits. But luckily for you, that's going to be our next episode. So we'll put a pin in it for now. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm going to ask 8 million questions. Oh, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked about the benefits. And I think another thing to note, too, in maintenance is that When you see those side-by-sides of women on Instagram, um, let's say they were like 130 and they're, you know, really tiny and don't have a ton of muscle on them. And then they're like 150 and just ripped and just so much muscle definition. You know, it's, that's all to say that that, that muscle gain wasn't done primarily in cuts. She needed to be at a place where she was able to build muscle and that, equals more calories sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it depends where you start too. If you have more weight to lose, the the odds of you starting with a cut and seeing fat loss might happen quicker than you were if you were in a deficit. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, I should say in in a maintenance set. Um, Anyways, I'm going on a tangent again. But um, (laughs) hopefully this is making sense. I think where we can go into from here is when to stay in maintenance and when to get out. Um, So when to stay is if you are feeling stronger, you are liking the gains of the muscle that you're Mm -hmm. seeing. Um, You're not hungry. You're happy with your consumption. You can go out to eat and have a meal on the weekend or a glass of wine if you really want and not feel like you're doing anything wrong, which you never should. But Mm -hmm. Um, when to get out of this is if you're feeling like you want to see more definition happening, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to be leaner, if you want to see the muscle gain, um, compositional changes, um, and maybe if you're just kind of feeling like you're ready for a challenge, sometimes a deficit can be beneficial mentally Mm -hmm. and physically. Anything you'd add to that? No, I love that you just said that because, um, you know, I know that we want to touch on kind of the macro phases that we play around with. And I feel like for myself that it depends on the time of the year. Right. So I know I'm kind of jumping the gun and going to this, but basically, you know, during the colder, like winter months, I more so put myself in maintenance. Um, Mm -hmm. First off, more you know, more fat on my body, more muscle on my body. It'll keep me warmer. (laughs) (laughs) 
but don't you know, I know it. yeah, but you know, I don't <laughs> feel like I need to be super toned and bikini ready since we're like all covered up. And I pretty right. much do this every year. So half the year I'm kind of in maintenance. And then the other half of the year I um, start to cut because I do yep. like, you know, when my muscles are a little more defined, when I start wearing shorts mm-hmm. and tank tops, bathing suits, all of that. And then of course, you know, when I get tanner, the muscles pop out more. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my gosh. My, oh my God. My friend said this, and it is literally the motto I live by. So if you cannot tone it, then you tan it. Oh my God. Amen (laughs) to your friend. Oh my God. I love it. I thought it was about getting a spray tan that makes you feel. 10 pounds lighter. You just right? like, dang, I'm like, oh my God, is that an ab? Like, wow. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, but obviously I've talked about it before. I'm super into weightlifting. And that's also another thing. If I ever have a goal of wanting to increase the weight on one of my lifts, then I need more calories because if I'm just stuck, that just means my body does not have enough energy and I'm not strong enough to, you know, continue to increase that weight choice. So that is also when I would definitely not be in a deficit and I would be in a maintenance or even in a slightly sur- um, slight surplus. So I just yeah. think it kind of caters to your goals and where you're at, like in, you know, your life. Yeah. But yeah. And I, I like that you were alluding to the surplus again, because I was touching on it earlier in the maintenance phase and Technically, this is kind of the fourth phase, but you, again, like it sort of falls in between 3A and 3B, 3 being maintenance, because this is where that trial and error happens. You know, you kind of find a rhythm with reversing, and then you find your sweet spot with your maintenance numbers, of course, with the guidance of your coach um, or just heavy research on your own. Sometimes you reverse out or do maintenance on your own. You know, I've had a ton of girls do that and they're just asking me questions along the way. Um, But a surplus is also sometimes, you know, women feel that a maintenance caloric range is more than enough to see results in the gym or if you're PRing, whatever that might be. Um, The surplus that we would prescribe, I believe, is around 10%. Um, I personally have never assigned surplus numbers to a woman on our program, but that doesn't mean that it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of our women, I have a lot of very lean women as clients right now that have seen crazy good results over their program and they're hungry. And we're, you know, we're basically to their maintenance numbers at week 12, just, you know, they were cutting for about eight weeks and then starting to reverse out the last month of their intro program. And that's an area where I'm like, okay, this might be an area where a surplus is recommended because the maintenance numbers might not be enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a whole, you know, database that goes into that too of what the information that we need in order to recommend numbers like that. So it's all to say, yes, it's possible to be in a bulking phase if you are a woman. I think a lot of people instantly think of like male bodybuilders when they hear bulking. And that's just not the case. We women cannot 
cannot really naturally produce that amount of muscle. Our bodies are just made up completely differently. And so if anyone out there is still afraid to lift weights, do not be afraid. It's going to help you burn even more and eat more, which is always the reward. (laughs) Exactly. Rewards on every other side of the macrophases. And hopefully that helps you guys. Dan, you already answered my question, I think. But I was going to ask what macro phase you're in right now. And it sounds like you would be in a cut phase right now. Yes, I am. And um, especially like I will say for me, I wasn't too afraid of my mental health being in quarantine. But being in quarantine, I was in de- I've definitely not been as active as I was. And so I did sure. for myself feel like it was necessary to be in a deficit to just kind of control my intake a little bit more. And sure. um, obviously, I live in San Diego. The weather is warm now. And I've been like in a bikini every single week. And so yeah. I just yeah wanted to be in a cut for that. that way. Yeah, totally exactly. That. What about yeah. you, Paige? I, um, I go back and forth. I think I just, I think on the last episode I was talking about this, but I'm trying to go more of the intuitive route. Some days I'm in a cut Mm -hmm. other days I'm in maintenance numbers. And I'm going to say that only because I've had two and a half years of experimenting with that to feel comfortable doing that Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't recommend for somebody that's like looking for results to do that Mm -hmm. because you need to be consistent to see results right now. I'm not necessarily looking at a number on the scale. I feel good. I feel strong. Are there days that I'm like, "Eh, I could, you know, be a couple pounds lighter. Yeah. But I'm not like ready to just mentally go there yet because I think I will be there in a few months once I'm in wedding mode again. Mm -hmm. So again, there's, there's a time and a place for cuts. No, wrong or right time to do it. There's a method. Obviously, Zan has got her method down. I don't really have a method right now, but it's also because I'm not, I'm happy. Like I'm Mm -hmm. happy with where I'm at. And if I want to go lower numbers some days, if I have a heavier workout some days, I'm going to just eat to what feels good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's kind of why macros are always a tool, like for whatever walk of life you're in, whatever phase, it can always be, you know, utilized. And sometimes you don't have to at all turning back to intuitive eating. And again, you can just, you know, always resort back to macro tracking if you feel like you have a new set of goals to tackle. What are we talking about on our next episode? So I know I always, (laughs) I already gave a little sneak peek, but we are going to be covering all about emotional eating and we have, we are all affected by this. We are human beings. We experience emotions. So we're going to be talking about how important it is to figure out your triggers, um, learning how to cope with these certain emotions, as well as how you can overcome, um, you know, these eating habits and not let not let emotions basically take over everything. And so I thought it was going to be um, a great treat to bring on my good friend, Sarah. So her and I actually went to grad school together and we both kind of specialize in the eating disorder area and worked at the same clinic together. She actually continued on and became a licensed therapist. And she um, also does a ton of energy healing, which I think is like the coolest thing ever. And so I just felt like a combination of both like myself and Sarah, we are going to bring, you know, an abundance of knowledge for you guys. And I'm just super excited to be covering that topic. 
I cannot wait to talk with her. I absolutely love the concept and benefits of energy healing. So I feel like we have to talk about that with her too. Even though I really want to talk about emotional eating, (laughs) we all could use it. Oh (laughs) yeah. I would love to hear about that too. Oh no. I've already told her that we have to cover that because I think it's so interesting. I know. (laughs) Me too. So yeah. Awesome. Stay tuned. to have her on. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Hopefully you found this helpful. (laughs) Bye. Bye.